So we're back to spiritual gifts. We're going to be talking about healing. Um, and I was looking at a bunch of different ones, and I really, really want to focus on healing. It just seemed like the right thing. So um, we're, we're actually going to be looking in the Old Testament mostly today um, because we want to look at the foundation for healing. And then next week we're going to talk more about the gift of healing. But right now we're going to look at the background and what it is where it came from, why physical healing is actually part of our gifting, why physical healing is actually part of what God has given us. So we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 15, verses 25 through 27. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of background here. Exodus 15, verse 25 through 27. Okay, so, little background. You need a second, Liv? 25? Yep. 15. 15, 25, okay. through 27. I have the Old Testament memorized. So. Glory. So it's spiritual. Um, and so this is the first time that healing is actually mentioned, like in bulk, in the whole Bible. First time. Incredible. Um, and so this is kind of the, the background a little bit. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, Israelites go to Egypt. Well, Joseph is there. Joseph dies. Pharaoh comes and impresses them. God sends the ten plagues. Now, if you look at each of the ten plagues, the ten plagues are literally broken down into every form of pestilence and pain that a person can experience, including sickness and death. And so God literally takes the ten plagues and he uses them to mirror all the curses that he talks about later on when he makes a covenant with the children of Israel. So he literally, he references the plagues and says, look, this literally happened to a nation, and so this literally can happen to you if you're not serving and seeking me. Uh, I think three, three or four of the plagues affected the people's health, and two of them affected very directly. Uh, one was boils, and the other was death of the firstborn. Um, and it's very incredible. But So the, all that happened, and now we fast forward to Exodus, and the children of Israel. You have a question? I think hailstones hail probably affected their health. That's a good point. Um, but so fast forward and the children of Israel have been walking around in Egypt for a little bit. I'm sorry, they've been walking around in the desert for a little bit. Um, and they've tested God a little bit. God's kind of helped them out, gave them manna, gave them all this stuff. And they've gotten to a point where they went to a place and it's Mara. The water is bitter, so they call it Mara. And here we are right now. And God says in verse 25, I'm ready to actually make a deal with you guys. I'm ready to actually explain my commandment. I'm ready to explain my ordinances. And I'm ready to start to give a preface for my covenant. So in verse 25, he says, And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he tested them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and decide to do what is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, and there was twelve wells of water, and threescore, and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. So, in verse 26, he breaks it down pretty good. And he says, hey, all of those plagues that happened to Egypt, those can happen to you. 
but I'm making a covenant with you. And that's the first time he says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And that's the first time he introduces his covenant name, Jehovah Rapha. And Jehovah Rapha literally means, I'm in a covenant with you, and I will keep you healed. I am your God, and I will keep you healed as you're living by faith. I will keep your body healed. I will keep you from harm. I will keep you from disease. And I will protect your physical health. Here is my covenant. I will protect your physical health. And all of those plagues that fell on the Egyptians will not fall on you. And he's not just talking about the healing plagues here. He's literally talking about all the plagues. Because the plagues ruined the Egyptians' livestock. It ruined their health, yes. But it also just ruined everything in Egypt. All of their prosperity was gone. Their lands were gone. Their cows were gone. And eventually, they were actually gone. Because the waters came and washed them out. So God's saying, if you follow me, I'm literally going to fill you with life, love, health, and happiness. And I am making covenant with you, Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer, and I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And so he's making covenant with them. He's promising to be their healer. So that's the first time God talks about healing. And he says, I am going to be your healer from this day out. You just need to follow my teachings and commandments. Fast forward in the new covenant, we just need to live by faith. And so he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee if you are living by faith. So, we're going to skip ahead to um, Deuteronomy 28, verses 22, 28, and 27. Deuteronomy 28. Yes. So, a few weeks back, we read the um, blessings. And now we're going to read a couple of the physical curses, just so we can understand what God is talking about, and where sickness comes from. Because we need to actually know to actually uh, combat it. Because Satan will always try and convince us that it's part of our identity. And we have to be very careful, because sickness is not part of who we are. Like, if we were born sick, if we were born with some type of sickness or infirmity, Satan will try and convince us that that's who we are, it's part of our heritage, but it's not true. Like, that's not what we identify with, which is awesome. And God wants to set us free from anything. So I have here... Deuteronomy 28, um, I'm going to read it in the Amplified because it talks a lot um, in more detail about the curses and specifically the curses of sickness. This is awesome. It goes really, really into detail. So we're going to start with verse 22. And this is God saying, if you don't follow my commandments or if you're not living by faith, the Lord will strike you with consumption, causing you to waste away, and with fevers and with inflammation and with a fiery heart, and with the sword, and with bright and with mildew on your crops, and they will pursue you until you perish. In verse 27, the Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, and with tumors, and with the scab, and the itch that you cannot heal. The Lord will strike you with mental madness, and with blindness, and with bewilderment of heart and mind. You will be groping at noon in broad daylight, just as a blind grope in darkness. And nothing you do will prosper, but you will be oppressed and exploited and robbed continually with no one to save you. That's pretty heavy stuff. But we're reading this so we can understand what and identify sicknesses that are part of the curse. And they all really are, but it's just awesome that God goes so specific. So in verse 22, he says, it'll strike you with consumption. So consumption is part of the curse. It's a sickness, it's part of the curse. Stomach disorders, consumption, part of the curse. With fevers, fevers are part of the curse, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay. So, uh, so 
you're saying it's probably some type of like coughing disorder? With lungs, coughing, tuberculosis. Yeah, awesome. Come on, Jesus. So the Lord will strike you with consumption, causing you to waste away. And then he says fever. So if any type of fever, any type of temperature rise, anything like that, part of the curse of the law. And with inflammation, any type of inflammation, part of the curse of the law. And with a fiery heart, any type of fiery heart, where your heart's just like burning, heartburn, part of the curse of the law. <laughs> That's probably not what fiery heart means. It says with, mine says with... Uh, New King says with severe burning fever. Oh, with a severe burning fever? Which yeah. could be That's interesting. Fever. Well, I think it might be separate, but I'm not sure about that. Let me look it up in the Greek while you're talking. Okay. <laughs> and the Lord will strike you with boils. So any type of boils or skin disorder, that's part of the curse of the law. And, the, and with the boils of Egypt and with tumors, any tumors, cancerous, non-cancerous, doesn't matter. Any tumors are part of the curse of the law. And with scabs and with itches that cannot heal. So any type of skin disorder, any type of itching skin is literally part of the curse of the law. And the Lord will strike you with madness. Any type of mental disease, mental disorder is part of the curse of the law. And with blindness, any type of blindness where your eyes go dim is part of the curse of the law. With bewilderment of heart and mind, anytime your heart just feels hurt and confused, part of the curse of the law. And you'll be groping around in noon, confusion, curse of the law, just as the blind grope in darkness, and nothing you do will prosper, but you'll only be oppressed. And so it's incredible, but he talks about a lot of specific diseases. And the reason we're looking at it is so we can understand and identify that is not from God, and that is not naturally a part of my DNA, of my new creation DNA. And so we look at all these sicknesses, all these problems, and we say, okay, wait, this is not part of who I am, because God said, I am Jehovah Rapha. Here is my covenant. I am your healer. I'm the God who heals you. And so God is literally saying, here, I make a covenant. Live by faith. I will heal you. We say sometimes, well, I don't see that right away. That's okay, because faith, the way it works is faith, Plus perseverance equals promise. It's never just faith equals promise. It's faith plus perseverance equals promise. So we have to believe God's word over our circumstances so we can watch our circumstances change. It's awesome. Um, But sickness is part of the curse. And literally the curse goes into health, family, finances, and our relationship with God. And it's pretty interesting, but there are, in Deuteronomy 28, there's about 15 verses that talk about blessing, and there's about 50 that talk about cursing. So God's saying, but the blessing ones are just incredible, because quite a few of them, um, they overlap. And so he says, I'll bless you in the city, I'll bless you in the streets, and then he says, everything you put your hand to will prosper. But we're already blessed in the city and blessed in the streets, but also everything we put our hand to will prosper. So a lot of God's blessings overlap and they're very intentional and they're very compact and they cover a lot. But the cursing are very specific so that we know and we can identify if this is going on in our life then we're not living by faith or our faith hasn't seen its fullness yet. And so we need to literally walk by faith so we can see God's blessings happen in our life. And when we see Satan trying to attack our body with something then we turn our faith on and we say, hold on, that's not going to happen. That's yeah. not the way it works up in here. That's not how God made a covenant with me. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's my Father. He's also, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And so any type of sickness, plague, anything I have in my body that I don't like, that's an infirmity or sickness, Jehovah Rapha wants to take it from me. 
But we have to live by faith to see God's promises more real than our circumstances so that our circumstances can actually change to God's promises. Come on, Jesus. Awesome. So the origins of healing are in the Old Testament. And all throughout it, it talks about healing. It talks about health. There are kings who all of a sudden they're sick and they repent and God heals them. There are people who are hurting and God heals them. There are women who go to prophets and the prophet, and they say, my son's about to die or whatever. And the prophets pray for them and they get healed. All throughout the Old Testament, God says, I am Jehovah Rapha. And he confirms that I am Jehovah Rapha. And as the children of Israel follow God during the years that they did, then God blessed them and everything just worked out physically, financially, everything. It was incredible. But Jehovah Rapha is God's name, his covenant name for I am the Lord, your healer. I am God that healeth thee. Follow me and you can expect divine health. And if you are feeling like you're not living in divine health right now, then why don't you, you got to turn your faith back on and get in your mind and renew your mind to God's view of how your life should be going versus your own. Okay. It's just part of the process. Like we all have stuff in our life like we want to get and we want to perfect. But some of the stuff we have to wrestle a little bit with our faith with God and so we can actually see God rock and roll on it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's pretty incredible. So... Origins of healing in the Old Testament. And then our next one is origins in the New and Old Testament. And so we go into Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. So Isaiah is a prophetic chapter. So it's a little different because it talks about, it's literally explaining what's going to happen with Jesus. So although it's in the Old Testament, we're using it as like a New Testament reference. So again, first one is Origins of healing in the Old Testament, where they first start, and then next is origins of healing in the New Testament. And Isaiah actually explains why Jesus came a lot more, um, in my opinion, a lot more accurately and specifically than some of the stuff that's even in the Gospels. Because he lays out that Jesus is not just here because of our sickness. I'm sorry, our sin. He talks about Jesus is here because of our health. Because he took our diseases. Jehovah Rapha, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Like, healing is literally part of God's covenant to us. So in verses 53, 3 through 6, he says, and this is obviously a prophetic chapter talking about Jesus, how he's going to die, what he's going to die for, what he's going to do. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it is our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, so on, on first glance, we see a little bit of healing, but not a ton. But if we go deeper and we look deeper, the word, there we are, sorrows is actually macabre. Interesting. Um, there's an English word, but that means something different. But the word sorrows is macabre, and macabre is a Hebrew word, and it literally is translated pain. And so there isn't really, this is, a man of sorrow, so a lot of times in modern Christianity we confuse that with, you know, oh, Jesus had a lot going on. He had a lot of frustrations. He had a lot of stuff that was weighing on his mind. But macabre literally means in the Hebrew, pain. So he was despised and rejected of men, a man of pain. Physical pain is what he's talking about. And acquainted with grief. That word grief is completely mistranslated. It's choli. 
And that means malady, disease, or sickness. So here he says, he is despised and rejected a man, a man of pain and acquainted with sickness. And we hid as it was our faces with him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our pain and carried our sicknesses, our maladies, and our diseases. Yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. And so it's very incredible what Isaiah is literally prophesying. Jesus is going to come. He's going to carry our burdens, our sins, and our sickness, disease, and pain in his body. And so that is really incredible because that changes everything. That's the game changer right there. So basically the way it works is this. God promised in the old covenant, you follow my commandments. I will keep you healed. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. Fast forward to the new covenant. Jesus said, not only are you healed if you follow the commandments, but I am literally taking all of your pain, all of your sickness, all of your maladies, all of your diseases in my body, on my body. I'm dying with them in the same way that I'm dying with your sin. I'm also dying with your disease. And so any type of stuff, just like we read in Deuteronomy 28, any type of fevers, any type of headaches, any types of pain, any types of cough, any types of blindness, any types of tumors, any of it, any disease, Jesus literally took, bore in his body, died, and when he rose again, he crushed all of it. Mm-hmm. He literally destroyed every single one of those things, crushed it. Mm-hmm. And so when we have sickness attack our body, it's literally, again, an attack on our identity. Because when we rose with Christ as new creations, we got free from all that. We literally rose as new creations, free from sickness, free from disease, free from pain. Jesus bore our pain. Jesus literally took our pain in his body so we wouldn't have to have it. And so literally what we're doing is if we're walking around with pain and in doubt, then we're literally making Jesus' sufferings for no reason in that context. Because Jesus already had our pain, so why should we have our pain too? Why do we both have to suffer? It doesn't make any sense. Jesus literally wants us to say, Hey, God, you died for my sin. You died for my sickness. So it's not mine anymore. It's literally something that Satan tries to put on you, but it's not yours. And it's not God's intention. And so as we live by faith, we literally start to believe God's word above our circumstances. Just as a side note, if we have stuff in our life that we're seeing, and we believe this, but we're not seeing it change, whether it's a tumor, whatever it is, we need to make sure that we spend time, a lot of time in God's word and start to make God's word more real than our problem. And when that happens, our problem is going to actually start changing because God wants to rock and roll. He wants to transform us. But it's so cool that Jesus actually carried it And again, this is in the Old Testament, but let's talk about the New Testament. So the day that Jesus rose from the dead, he literally took all of our pain, all of our diseases, all of our sickness, all of our maladies, every type of disease, all of it in his body. He died. That was crucified. It signified the death of that forever. So we're now free from that. In the same way that we're free from sickness, we're free from sin, It's the exact same thing. In the same way we're free from sin, we're also free from sickness. And if you read through the New Testament, every time he talks about sin, being dead, you're no longer slaves to sin, you can literally just parent disease right in there. Because it's the same thing according to Isaiah. Because Jesus apparently died not just for our pain, 
but also for our sickness. He didn't just die for our sin, but literally also for our sickness and pain because Jesus loves us and he's a sacrificial God. That's what he does. He sacrifices so we can live an incredible life. And God, it's so cool because God in the New Testament, he literally gave everything just so we could have an awesome life. And he gave it out of the goodness of his heart. Like he just did it, he, not knowing if any of us would ever actually, maybe did know, maybe not, but not really knowing if any of us would actually take that. But he said it's worth it. And so we have to be very careful when we walk around sickness and all that stuff because God wants us to be healed. He wants us to live a life of happiness, health, healing, etc. Um, and that's not to feel bad if you're like, if you have like a sickness or you're going through something, that's not what God wants at all. But we want to make sure we're getting everything that's promised us by God. Yes. Uh, because God literally wants us to live an awesome, incredible life. Yes. And so, and also, once we get out of a prison cell, then the first thing we want to do is go unlock other people's prison cells. And that's where all the great healing evangelists started, is they all had some incredibly terrible disease that was just totally disabling and crippling them. And they sought God. They got in His Word. The Word became more real than the circumstances. The disease changed. And they all started a ministry of letting other people out of their prison cells. They, God set them free from their sickness. God raised them off like Kenneth Hagin. He was on the deathbed of sickness. He had like three different things wrong with his body. Oral Roberts was the same way. So many people. Um, John Lake had most of his family members die before he started really seeking God about healing. And then he literally went on to heal thousands and thousands of people. And to the point where gyms couldn't, or germs couldn't even stay on his fingers. They would just die instantly. Um, I think it was at John Hopkins. He, did, he uh, recorded a lot of his experiments. He did a lot of spiritual experiments. But he actually went and put his hand under a microscope, put germs on his fingers. And at John Hopkins, under a microscope, they watched the germs die. Crazy stuff. But so God literally wants to set us free from sickness as we get in his word and find the reality of his word so that we're completely set free so we can set others free. It's awesome. And lastly is healing now. So we had origin Old Testament, origin prophetically New Testament, and lastly is healing now. Healing now is our right, and it's not only our right for us, but it's our right for other people, right? In Matthew 10 verse 1, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority over all sickness and all the works of the devil, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So Jesus said, Hey, guess what? You're healed and I give you the power to go around healing other people, destroying the works of Satan. And that's what Jesus did. If we, if we um, what is the word? If we diminish the gospel to just one of forgiveness from sins, we literally remove God's ability to do anything power, uh, powerful in our present life in front of us. We remove God's ability to confirm his word with signs and wonders. And so it's very, very important that we don't take that away, but that we actually focus on it and seek God for healing in our life and seek God for healing in everyone's lives around us. So we actually give God the ability to show himself powerful and to confirm his word. Otherwise, we're literally just bringing words to people and saying change because I'm a good person and I have a good personality. But God wants to confirm his words. He wants to confirm his words with signs and wonders. And that's what we're here to do. That's what we just go around loving people and praying for people when we have the opportunity. Um, and there's just so much. And so we talked about the origin of healing. Next week we're going to go a little bit more into the gifts of healing.